coming up next. Book and it reads The Return of the King. everybody, and welcome back to Booking It. I am your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs, and joining me today is my fellow friend and fellow Tolkien nerd, you might say, Tanner Lewis. How are you doing, Tanner? I am doing amazing. Know why? Because Matthew isn't here to absolutely roast and ruin our discussion today. That's right. That's right. This is going to be, well, it's unfortunate that he is not here. Well, actually, it's both unfortunate and fortunate he is not here for today, because today we're talking about probably the worst Lord of the Rings book in terms of, like, book five of Lord of the Rings. Um, and so it's good that he's not here, because he would have to roast this book, and we have to agree with them, because, I mean, it's, it's the worst. I mean, it's good. It's still just the worst of them. Um, but it's also good that he's... No, it's also bad that he's not here, because... The one episode where me and Tanner can glorify Tolkien all we want with no pushback is the one where we have to criticize it the most. So, it's a lose-lose, win-win situation here. Zero-sum game, you might say. For real. If I haven't confused everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Me and Tanner just got done recording our A Quiet Place episode. So, yeah, we're ready to talk about Return of the King. We're excited. True or false, Tanner? Oh, definitely pumped. Okay, true or false, Tanner, last night I was watching Return of the King, and I finished it, the movie, obviously, and I cried at the end. True or false? False, because you never cry at a movie. That's true. Wait, for real? Uh, No, no, sorry. It's true that it was false. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, (laughs) wait, have I just been blown away? Did Cooper actually cry in a movie? Okay. No, I I got chills, but I didn't cry. Yeah. Look, we we can. I think it'd be fun to talk about Lord of the Rings, the movies, whatever you might say about how bad how bad it is, how cheesy, how drawn out it is, and I agree with all those things. That it's got a good ending once you finally get to the ending. Today we're not talking about Return of the King. We're talking about Return of the King. We're talking about more specifically Book Five of Lord of the Rings. So early in this episode, I made the claim that this one was the worst of the six books of Lord of the Rings, and I want to know. Tanner, if you agree with me. Uh, I don't know. Because it comes down to probably this book and book one of Fellowship, you might say. Yeah. Right. All, well, all the book ones are the weaker books in, in their book. Book book two, book four, and book six are probably the best books. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say that it's between Fellowship and... The first book of Fellowship, and then this book. Definitely. This book lagged so much. Okay, so, as I told you guys um, in the first book, um, in the first episode about my baggage between the Lord of the Rings books, um, I was off and on. This was the one where I was a hard off for a year. I picked it up and read a chapter, and then got uber bored, and couldn't pick it up again. Yeah, so, same here. I read The Hobbit around 8, and I was like, hey, I like The Hobbit, I'll go ahead and try Lord of the Rings. So I tried Lord of the Rings, and I made it all the way until book five. And right about the time they're going to the, the 
the I don't know we call it the the road of the dead. What's it? Uh, anyway, that part, the past of the dead, past of the dead. Yes, I stopped and didn't read it again for another four years. So yeah, this book it it drags more than um. Let's see, is it Drag Morton? Yeah, I'm gonna say this is the worst book. I think it's worse than Fellowship, the first part of Fellowship. Yeah, it just drags so much. I mean, the first, does, yeah. the first part of Fellowship. I mean, the the walking through the forest that was pretty bad, but like this one is just like a continuous yeah. drag. Like, right? See, so, I mean, you have the first chapter. It really is just setting up a setting and the characters, and you're like it's chapter one. Chapter 2 is interesting. You get the whole history of the ring. You get Gandalf. You get Frodo and Gandalf talking. And really, pretty much most things are interesting. They get chased by the Black Riders. They meet the elves. Really, the only part in Fellowship that drags a little bit, or drags, it's Tom Bombadil and the Barrow Whites, which is a cool chapter, but that part drags until you get to Bree. It kind of drags in between Crick Hollow and Bree. But then it kind of picks up again, and and the Council of Elrond getting chased by the Black Riders there. Then you have, obviously, the, the, the Fellowship and Moria. So, yeah. Um, and so, w- what happened, Tanner, with this book? Tolkien was riding high. He ended with one of the best cliffhankers in literature, perhaps, with Frodo and Sam and Shelob, which is probably the great one of the best parts of Lord of the Rings. And then we get to this book, and it's just a slog. You get Mary going to no Mary get Pippin going to Gondor and kind of just chilling and doing nothing there. And then you get Mary just hanging out with King Theoden. So did Tolkien just realize that he needed some filler? What happened with this book? I don't know. I mean he wasn't it was originally all one book, obviously, right. but I don't know. Tolkien had one of his um he had one of his moments where he's envisioning his world so vividly that he has to describe everything and just has to drag. Yeah. I mean, you, you can kind of tell when he has those fits. I mean, this was dragged out over, like, I believe it took him, like, four years to write this. But, like, seriously, yeah. bro. It took so much and drag. It's not even, like, fellowship where we ha- like he has a reason. Tom Bombadil has a reason to be in there. The Barrow Whites have a reason to be in there. And most of the drag is fairly interesting, but this seems like filler drag. When when he sends Pippin to Gondor and he makes some friends and he pledges service to uh, Denethor and then he then Mary pledges service to Theoden, it seems like he's just trying to fill in some of the gaps here, fill in the time between here and the end. Yeah. Does it? Do you? Uh, yeah, it does seem like that. It just it just feels like one of those things where he doesn't actually like want to write it, but. Yeah, you're right. I agree. It just it doesn't seem like he wants to, to write this part. He wants to just get this over, have some filler, and get back to Frodo and Sam in the end. Yeah, he... I don't know. Well, now that we've kind of beat up on this book, let's talk about <laughs> what's good about it. Oh, so, yes. This, so, I've read Lord of the Rings. This is my fourth time finish... No, third time finishing Lord of the Rings, but fourth time through it because the first time I stopped. And the, so the first time I actually stopped through here, so I thought it was incredibly boring. The second time I read it through, I thought the first part of Fellowship was better or was worse than this part. And then the third time I read it, I thought that this part dragged more. Now that now that I read it this time, I thought, oh, it's not as bad as I remembered it. So 
while it's still boring and it's still really slow, it held up better for me than I was anticipating. Maybe because I had a little bit, of, maybe I had low expectations or something. But it 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 was the part with Mary and Pippin. I just kind of read fast, and then we get to the Battle of Pelennor Fields, and that's that's fine. It's fine. Um, and then we get the Houses of Healing, which is probably <laughs> the worst chapter in this book, which is just Aragorn healing people in a weird way. But that was that was all fine. So that isn't where he has the scene with I've, the princess or whatever. Eowyn? Yeah. W- what scene with Eowyn? What are you talking about? I don't know. Never mind. Thought I remember something. Didn't. Anyway. So, we talked about a little bit what's what's bad about this part, but what, what worked for you this time? What did you enjoy about this book? It's... As I, I think I've, already, I've said this so many times, but I read Tolkien so that I can help I feel like I'm not descriptive enough in my writing because I just want to get to the action and I want to get the plot and I want to be, I'm a plot type person, right? So mm-hmm. I love all the fantasy and I, that's all my, that's all my jazz. Right. I, I love to read for the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read this to help me get descriptive in my writing so that I can, it helps me envision more what I'm writing than because of how vivid he is. It also gives me a lot of great words that I throw in when I'm talking. Um, but in terms of like things that happened, like did you like the Battle of Pelennor Fields? Did you like the Witch King dying? That's uh, pretty much yeah. all the st- interesting I stuff mean, that happened here. It's Tolkien. It was the thing about the Lord of the Rings is that the plot it doesn't go really fast and it doesn't go really slow either. It's, I mean, obviously there are the draggy parts, but like. In the theme, mm-hmm. in the scheme of things, like it, it's not slow and it's not fast. That's why it's such a great book. That's why it can keep people entertained for hours on end. Yeah, and all of that. Like, if you're appreciating the actual writing, if you're a younger child below, I'd say six, six or seven, then you are not going to enjoy this. Or if you just hate big, confusing things in general, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, You'd you would not enjoy this, but I think I think the plot and all of this is uh, not as centered in the plot. It's more centered on what's happening um, around, like how it's affecting everyone. Not mentally. I had a good thought going here. I lost it. As far as what I liked, I liked Denethor a lot this time through, uh, the character. I thought that he was a nice twist from the stereotyped man that we keep getting with uh, Aomer and then Faramir and then just Aragorn and just there's no discernible difference. But then Denethor is actually a kind of interesting character. He is you know, grieving the loss of his son. He'd already kind of been too attached to Bormer, you might say, instead of, anyway, and then the loss just kind of destroyed him a little bit, and then he has one of the Palantir, which is a really interesting plot move, and he's getting kind of hopeless because he sees what's coming, he's getting hopeless because he's looking into the Palantir, and he's seeing what Sauron can do, and it's really cool in the book, he says that Sauron didn't corrupt Denethor, Denethor was still such a great man of strength, 
that he resisted Sauron, but it, it, it kind of corrupted his view of the truth, and so he became hopeless. Um, he doesn't recognize Aragorn, he doesn't want to lead, he fails to lead, and he just treats Faramir poorly, but all of that I thought was really interesting and a really nice flavor to the story. What about you? Yeah, you kind of got a little bit more character development than you see in Tolkien right. in there. I guess that's why it's interesting. I think towards the end, this is really where all the character development happens. Like, none of the other books had, like, even to The Hobbit, didn't have as much character development as happens in this book. Yeah, you could you could argue, I guess, that Merry and Pippin went through some in book book four, no, book three, and the first part of Two Towers. But you could argue that, but definitely not as much as is. Return of the King is where everything kind of yeah everything. You kind of get... It's really set up and payoff. You kind of get to see the true character of everybody in this one, more or less, because the sides have truly been found out to some extent, and yeah. um, you found where people's loyalties lie, and you can and you see a lot more um, a lot more character and character traits, but not right like the actual mentality of the people, but. The mentality is portrayed as it's shown throughout the third person, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you get Aragorn at the end saying, listen, our lives are forfeit anyway. Let's go to the Black Gate and let's help Frodo out. Let's distract Sauron, right? You see Aragorn's pure courage. Then you see Faramir trying to honor his father, trying to be a noble lord and go out to battle. And then you see, you know, Pippin and Merry and Gandalf all showing their true colors as well. So I can see that, yeah. Um, I guess we talk about Gondor a little bit. Honestly, I've never liked this part in the book with Gondor at all, honestly. I've been, get out of Gondor. I mean, nothing really is, like, truly cheesy or, like, goofy in um, Tolkien's writing, but if there was a part, this would kind of be it. It's just yeah. so divided. There's no really, like, focus, focused attention. Yeah, I mean, the, even the movie Gondor looks really cool. It's really awesome, actually. But in this one, you just kind of get Denethor. You don't. The thing is, Tolkien describes people doing things. He describes them walking. But then, when it comes to describing actual important things, either I don't read it because it gets it gets lost somewhere, or he just doesn't do it. So I couldn't. I can never picture Gondor that Gondor that well. I could picture the White Tree. I picture Peter Jackson's Gondor. Besides that, it all just kind of gets lost on me. And it's not as cool as Tolkien wanted it to be for me. Yeah, it just feels like he had very much divided attention in this section in Gondor. Yeah. He was trying to um, uh, develop his plot so much, but he was trying to stick, stick so hard to his true, like, Tolkien, I'm going to describe everything, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Gondor has been, I mean, Tolkien's been talking up Gondor the entire time, the white tree, and then we kind of get there at the disappointment. Because, and I would argue that's because he had divided attention trying to get, trying to wrap up everything. Right, Tolkien is, we know he can do it, we know he's a great writer, but when it comes down to it, this part seems like he was just, I don't know, if he, I don't know what he was doing, but he was writing... And then he's focused on Frodo and Sam because that's where really the heart of the story is. That's what really matters. And then we get to this part, and it just kind of all slows down and draws to a, And he's just 
filling in time, and he's not really focused on it. I agree. Feels like the most hastily written, but yeah, I feel like it probably could have been better if he had gone back through here maybe more and fixed it up a little bit. I think it could have been a cool part. Battle of Pelnor Fields is cool. I I believe you, Tolkien. I think Gondor is cool, but you got to show it to me. I think that all that stuff is good. So, just I wish Tolkien to come back through here, cleaned it up, and I think it would have been a lot better. Um, so let's talk about. We have two, two guys, two two more things to talk about. First, we have the Battle of Pelennor Fields, which is where Gondor is is getting attacked, and then Rohan comes through, and then the ghosts come through, and defeat the orcs. So, obviously, Helm's Deep's kind of the most legendary battle chapter, but how is the Battle of Pelennor Fields compared to that? Here, could you do me a favor and go through exactly what happens in this one? Just real fast. Sorry. Yeah, right. So essentially, basically, we were kind of following Mary, Mary's point of view a oh, little right. bit. Oh, right. This is the one with... where he's on the back of the horse, right? Right. And then we're riding towards Gondor, and then we get to Gondor, and Gondor is under siege from the armies of Mordor. And then Rohan comes through and kind of beats up the army. But then the ghosts come through from Aragorn, Gilman, Legolas, walking through the Pass of the Dead. And they come through and beat up the, uh, you know, the army as well. Yeah. And then, then the witch king comes and um, Eowyn yeah, kills I him. I, my thoughts on this one. Yeah. Well, kind of. How did it live up to that? Was it a good? Battle it was a good stuff like that. I like this battle. I thought it was cool. I mean. Yeah. The elves coming in was something's getting confused in my mind. So, I like this one. It definitely doesn't fully live up to Helm's Deep, obviously. I mean, that one. Yeah. I, he spent so much time on it, and it was so impressive. Um, definitely a very good battle, Helm's Deep was. This one was, eh, typical Tolkien. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, he got the I gist mean, of the battle. Helm's Deep and Battle of Pelennor Fields are probably two of the, I don't know, I mean, I guess the biggest battles, but... They're, they're pretty good. They're well-written. They're interesting. You get the Witch King at Gandalf. You get all these people. I mean, and again, like how many times does Tolkien say, oh, no, there was no hope, and then, oh, somebody else came, right? Oh, yeah. It's just so funny. It's kind of, it's... Like how he drops people in when, right after he says, and they were going to die. Yeah, and then, oh, here come here come the eagles, or they were going to die. Oh, the ghosts are coming, or you know, something like that. Just... Deus Six Machina after Deus Six Machina. Except they actually kind of die in this one, let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Theoden dies, which is, I guess, kind of sad. Denethor also dies, which was on him, you might say. And then Mary gets injured. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, Mary gets injured. Eowyn gets injured. Also, that's the next thing we talked about. We have to talk about. So, Eowyn. Look, I'm all for, like... Uh, a, a girl having somebody to look up to in a book like this with pretty much all men, right, Eowyn. But I think Tolkien can do better. Like, you know, when she's about to kill the Witch King, she goes like, he goes, no man can kill me. And she goes, I am no man. Like, come on. Real, like, that's the best you can do, Tolkien? Seriously. You know? Um, that's not, It's kind of like yeah. Hamlet. Oh, yeah? Um, no, I was it? Hamlet. Or something like that. It was... It's one of Shakespeare's plays, and he's and he says, 
no man it's when the witches say i think it's macbeth no man can oh macbeth yeah no man can kill me or henry the fourth it's one of the it's either macbeth or henry the fourth but no man can kill me um that was born of a woman's womb and then he said i was cut out from my dead mother's body and i'm just like seriously bro (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of over the top but it's also like if tolkien's trying to you know, get a get a female lead in there. Get a, get a female to kill the witch king. I think he can do better than, no man shall kill me. I am no man. You know, I mean, it's pretty cheesy in the movie. Let me tell you, but you've got to like, find a better it's based on Tolkien. I know it. You've got to find a better line, bro. You can you can come up with all this fancy stuff for Gandalf. Just just think of something. <laughs> I yeah. think. I think that's one of the ones where he's just scribbling it down on the page, and then he's like, "Ooh, this. Uh, yeah, we're, we got to get back onto the battle. We got to get back to the battle. Yeah. I am no man, and back to the battle." You know, it, it, I mean, like even, and even just have, you know, the the guy be wa- ma- marching towards Theoden, and then Eowyn stands in his way, and he's like, "Who is this?" And she goes, "I am Eowyn," or whatever, and then stabs him or something like that. But really, I am no man. But I think that Eowyn is a more is an interesting female character, and I think we'll talk about her a lot next or a little bit next time as well, with her relationship with Faramir and how he kind of I don't know what it is uh, tames the, I think she said like tames the iron beast tames the cold beast or whatever, she was I guess anyway, we'll talk about it later, but I think she has an interesting character arc and I like her, but I think Tolkien just could have done better in this case. Um, we already talked about House of Healing a little bit. We kind of talked about how there there's no hope again, and they just march towards the Black Gate to distract Sauron, and then the armies are surrounding them, and then we cut to black, and that's the end of this book. So... For, wait, remind me what happened again for Frodo and Sam. They got to... Well, this is... Well, we're not talking about that. This isn't. That's not. It's not at yet. all in this book. No, and and it's in the, it's it's in book okay. six. Anyway, that's why it's so boring. He never got to Frodo and Sam. Right. Exactly. Like Tolkien wants to be with these hobbits. He doesn't want to be with all the men. Uh. Then, but Peter Jackson wants to. Like I tell. I mean, I was sad when we went back to the hobbits, except at the very end, and I was like, get back to the men. Because Peter Jackson really wants to be with the men. But anyway, that's a discussion for another time. Book five. So it was kind of slow. It's the worst of the books. It had some good stuff, though. That's that's my take. Tanner? Yeah. Slow. Drags. Once again, this was the on and off part for me. Definitely yeah. one of the ones that I would force myself to read if I was going to try and uh, um, yeah. uh, become more descriptive. But other than that. But hey, like all like we're we're being critical of this one, but it's still good. It's still, it's it still is good. definitely still. So good. I don't let Do it not, scare you. If we are comparing this to the legendary um, Lord of the Rings people, which means that there are definitely better parts, which means that we kind of have to roast the parts that are not as amazing as the other parts, right? That's right. Like, come on, it's it's all good. What are we going to talk about here? All right. Exactly. We just have to compare it to the rest of them. Let it let it be said. We are not Matthew, and we do not think that the entire Lord of the Rings is trash. No, 
Well, he doesn't think it's trash. He doesn't he's, think that, but he yeah, doesn't. He said, he's, he, in his words, in his words, he says, and I quote, "I just don't see what all the rage is about." That's what he said. Anyway, Matthew. Uh, let's do some donor shoutouts. Tanner, what would someone do if they wanted a donor shoutout? They would go to patreon.com forward slash booking it, not the screening. And uh, they would donate to any of our $5 or up tiers. That's right. We really appreciate any support we can get. And in return, we give you donor shoutouts and a bunch of other cool benefits. The $50 benefits are the best. Just trust us on that one. <laughs> and it's totally not because it costs most money. Um, so I'm gonna say the patron, and then you say if this person no, you're gonna give them a random elf name. Random right? elf name? Just oh come yeah. on. Just, no, just make it up. Make it on up. The spot. That's All so right. easy. Just have it. Yep. N O F something. It's just gotta end weird. <laughs> yeah, Lorfindel. <laughs> Gladriel or something like that. Anyway, we've got my beloved grandma Nana. Uh, we'll go with Gladriel. Sorry, I can't make it up right now. Tanner, I'm ashamed. Give me a break. Get your game together. (laughs) All right, we have my other beloved grandparents, Van Pappy and Wayla. You have too many grandparents donating right now, Cooper. What? Hey, money's welcome. Well, that says the person who has nobody donating let's go with um uh, oh my gosh you know just give him a random elf whatever laughing something like that but you're gonna run out soon probably yeah okay and then we have isaiah's beloved grandparents mike and sylvia laughing elfin something like that <laughs> and then we have isaiah's beloved parents mr and mrs ryetsky um uh, elwin that was stolen from another book um, Isaiah's beloved parents, Mr. and Mrs. Ryansky. Let's go with Fleming. Oh, nice. All right. Isaiah's beloved Uncle Sebi. Gl- I want to say something with a glut in this one. Um, Glitreed. Just take Glorfindel's name and, like, change it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a toilet, but whatever. <laughs> um... We have we have Isaiah's beloved cousin Moses. Um, yeah, this is a terrible shtick. Just just say some random gibberish. Water done. And we have Isaiah's other beloved cousin Zara. What? What? <laughs> just like make noises with your mouth. Come on. Uh, we have our beloved friend Chris. I've lost it. I've lost it. Um, I want to say something with an E. Um, uh, Fitz. Okay. Fitz. Then we have Fitz. our new beloved patron, Anna. Um, Biana. Okay. Well, that concludes the worst donor shoutouts we've ever done. But anyway, um, not all our donor shoutouts are like that, and we would really appreciate any money that you could give us. Also, make sure you go check out our movie podcast, The Screening. We've been doing Star Wars, and we just did an episode on... A Quiet Place, which I think will have already come out. Yeah, which I think will already have come out by the time two. you hear this. Um, and then we'll do Ryan the Last Dragon. But anyway, coming up. Which I have yeah, still not well, yet. I think seen. that's worth saying. Anyway, we'll be back next week with our epic conclusion 
to our series on Lord of the Rings, and also with some updates over what we're going to be doing over the summer. So, yeah, make sure you go ahead and subscribe and listen. <laughs> You're already listening, but listen some more. <laughs> and also make sure you leave us a rating and review, five stars, obviously. And until next time. Keep on booking it.